Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, July 31st. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York metropolitan area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Ben Oppenheimer. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And here's what's going on around the city. If you're getting takeout in New York City, you're going to have to start asking for utensils. That's because a new law that takes effect today says restaurants can no longer provide plastic utensils, condiment packets, or napkins for takeout orders unless a customer asks. It's called the Skip the Stuff Bill, and it's an effort to reduce waste in the city. Mayor Eric Adams says the reduction of plastic in landfills will help us secure a sustainable future. Starting in July of next year, businesses will be fined if they violate the rule. A similar ban is being considered in New Jersey as well. Medical experts are raising concerns about the possibility of a COVID resurgence in New York City. Just last month, the city saw an average of nearly 280 COVID cases a day. That number has gone up more than 5% already for July. And the CDC has tracked an increase in people visiting hospitals with the virus. Many New Yorkers have stopped wearing masks and social distancing, which could be a cause for concern with the slow rise in numbers. Testing is still available for anyone who's been exposed or has symptoms. Health experts recommend everyone to continue following health guidelines in order to keep the city safe. This morning, Mayor Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul came together to give New Yorkers an update on public safety. We have WFUV's Christina Lulich here to tell us more. Hey, Christina. Hey, guys. So what exactly are Adams and Hochul putting forward? Today, Adams and Hochul came together for the release of the Blueprint for Community Safety. They're addressing gun violence in the city. Adams and the New York City Gun Violence Prevention Task Force are launching a cross-agency effort that's a roadmap with solutions and preventative-based approaches for communities in the city. It's specifically prioritizing investments and resources for six precincts, that are responsible for 25% of shooting incidents in New York City in 2022. It's a holistic approach to community safety by taking into account other causes that can lead to gun violence, like housing, employment, and trauma-informed care. Here's what Mayor Adams had to say. We don't start really being more proactive. We're going to be in a constant, perpetual cycle of being reactive. And that is not what this administration is about. We're an upstream mindset so that we could prevent people from falling in the river that we don't have to pull out of the river downstream. Christina, it seems like Adams and other city officials are really honing in on preventive measures. Exactly, Ben. Adams says if you look at the areas in the city that are experiencing the most gun violence, they're all suffering from the same concerns, like unemployment rates, issues with housing, and mental health awareness. The city's allocating $485 million to create safer communities so residents have the resources they need before they even think about picking up a gun. Adams and Hochul said New York City and the state are the safest big city and state in America, but they are not complacent. Shootings have declined by 27 percent in the city, and the NYPD has recovered more than 11,000 illegal guns off the street. This blueprint is the city and state's joint effort to continue investing in preventing gun violence and providing resources for the most impacted communities. Looks like Adams will continue to keep gun violence prevention as a top priority, Christina is the student news manager at WFUV. Christina, thanks for the update. Thanks for having me. New Yorkers can expect a temporary change to their commute. 
Starting today, the MTA has announced that Manhattan-bound 7, N, and W trains will bypass the Queensboro Plaza station in Long Island City. That's due to construction on a project that will make the station more accessible. Trains will bypass the station through August 14th. In the meantime, the MTA is encouraging riders to use the E, M, and R lines at the Queens Plaza station, which is only 0.2 miles away. The MoMA is showing a new exhibit displaying seven prominent African artists. The exhibition explores their photographic work and their shared connection to the city of Lagos, Nigeria. This is the latest rendition of the MoMA's new photography series. New Yorkers can attend the exhibit through September 16th. And on this day in 1982, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger sat at number one on the U.S. charts. It sold over five million copies. The hit was commissioned by Sylvester Stallone for the movie Rocky III, and the tune would go on to receive an Oscar nomination for Best Original Song. Every month, WFUV brings you our long-running program, Cityscape. Cityscape aims to encapsulate the people, place, and vibes of New York City. This summer, the first completely vegan food market has arrived in New York City. The market is held every Thursday in Central Park. WFUV's Caroline Ely visited the market and spoke to vendors and patrons about their hopes for the rest of the summer at the market. This summer, New York City's first ever completely vegan food market is coming to Central Park. Vegans and non-vegans will unite to enjoy cuisine from different cultures and backgrounds. There's a lot of different diversity. We have Asian, we have Spanish, we have American, and we have Haitian. We have Colombian, name it, we have it all. So you have a different flavor from different culture of different spin, how people, you know, introduce their vegan food to the world. That's Lormina Romelian. She's one of the food vendors at the Vegan Night Market this year. The market is hosted by MHG Events, and founder Marco Schalma said in a public statement that he hopes more people will experiment with incorporating plant-based options into their diets. Vendors at the night market said that as the availability of vegan food increases, so does the diversity of offering. We're not rabbits. We don't just eat salad and, you know, lettuce. I don't even eat lettuce. I don't even go to the restaurant and order lettuce. I order food. So it's important to showcase that in the foods and stuff like that. And we want to let people know that when you eat from the ground, you are enhancing your body, your mind, your functionality. Everything about the way you approach things is better when you're eating vegan food. While some may still shun veganism, vegan diets can actually lead to a higher intake of fiber and certain beneficial nutrients like potassium, magnesium, and vitamins A, C, and E. This is because vegan eaters typically load up on whole grains, fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, peas, and seeds. Vendors say vegan food doesn't just provide nutritional benefits, but for some, it's also a mindfulness practice. Being mindful of our impact on the environment and our bodies is important, but it's also important to be mindful of how we eat. Slow Coco from the Bronx is one of the vendors at the Vegan Night Market. They say their idea came from wanting to treat food like an experience. Savoring it and being present and mindful while eating their chocolate is their primary goal. We make mindful craft chocolate, which for us from day one, of course, included veganism. 
and uh, and that's just one element. You know, we all have so many individual personalized reasons for choosing veganism. For us, it's a, it's a choice to incorporate mindfulness, to allow us to slow down and feel good about the choices that inform what we're putting in our body, and also making an emotional experience out of this food, chocolate, that often disconnects us from how we're feeling, but can really be a real tool for mindfulness. In the past decade, many people have switched to a vegan diet to reap the benefits of eating from the earth. Vendor Bunny Moultrie says it's vital that vegans have good tasting and accessible options. She said the idea for her business, Bunny's Vegan Bakery, came from having very few options when she first switched over. So in the last couple of years um, that I've been doing this, I have to say, starting my business in 2017, versus today, people used to run as soon as I said the word vegan. I mean, when you think about 10 years ago, we didn't have half as many businesses that we do now. Now people are not nearly as scared of vegan food as they thought they were. People have just been naturally adding it to their daily lives, and I think it's amazing. Now you can find all these different ethnicity of foods that's vegan as well. That's why we tell people to support locals, support the small businesses. The vegan night market not only serves as a gathering place for vendors, but also patrons where they know that they'll be able to find nutritious and diverse vegan food that allows them to feel like they have equal options to meat eaters. It allows vegans to support the community and for small businesses to support them in return. The Vegan Night Market will be held through the end of the summer on Tuesday nights from 4 to 9 p.m. at Wolman Rink in Central Park. With WFUV News, I'm Caroline Ely. That was WFUV's Caroline Ely on the advancement of accessibility and diversity of vegan food at the Vegan Night Market. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUV.org slash news and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ben Oppenheimer. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And that's What's What.